Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results, made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb, available at Walgreens. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glaser. Welcome to Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glaser. I'm Jay Glaser, and today is a special show. It's our Veterans Day week show. You all know how invested I am into the military and our veterans, and today is the best guest I've ever had, coolest guest I've ever had, most amazing story I've ever heard in my life, and I do have to get a little housekeeping out of the way here first. If you're like many people, you will be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year, yet far too many fail to receive the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolyn Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. All right, welcome in again to Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, special Veterans Day podcast. I never get starstruck or words are hard to come by in the last, I don't know, 30 years of doing this and, and the career I've in, except for one time in my life. That's the other time I've met these two people. And I don't know if I'm going to do them justice introducing them, but folks, you want to be on this journey with us tonight because it's the most incredible story of love first, perseverance, courage, and so many other adjectives that you all will come up with along this journey. I'm so grateful they're here with me. Let me lay this out correctly here. There's two guests, and we've never done this before. All right. Shoshana Johnson, who's the first African-American female POW that America's ever had. And the Marine that rescued her in Iraq, Kearney Russell. Welcome both to Unbreakable. So there's so many ways we could start. I I met you both on a Zoom for MVP, charity I found, Emerging Vets and Players. And that's the first time you had ever seen each other, right, since, Kearney, you guys rescued Shoshana. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the first this, time. It was, uh, it was, it's kind of weird that being the first time actually now that I think about it. Is this the second time? Have you two kept in touch? This is the second time. Wow. Really? Yeah. 
So, yeah. all right. First of all, let, let's go back. Shoshana, because there's two different ways. Shoshana, I want you to tell me your version of what had happened in those days, that day when Kearney and his crew rescued you. And then I want Kearney for you to chime in because you obviously had a version from the outside, a totally different way of seeing it. Shoshana, take it away. I remember it was a Sunday morning. I don't know if we were really keeping track or I remember, or we figured out it was Sunday afterwards and our guards were giving us breakfast. And How long have like, you been in captivity at that point? 22 days. 22 days. And 22 how did days. you get captured in the, in the first place? Uh, we were captured in um, ambush in Anazaria, Iraq. Wow. We lost uh, 11. It was six of us captured that survived the captivity. Wow. Um, Lorianne Piestoa uh, was captured alive and she died of her injuries. Um, Sergeant Donald Walters um, was captured and died of injuries also. Wow. So you get captured. And again, forgive me because it's, you know, I'm used to interviewing football players and fighters and all this. And you're a different type of fighter. So forgive me if I have a question that's ignorant or anything like that. You get captured. What's going through your mind? First of all, you worry about the others. I mean, I'm not in it by myself. There, there's my fellow soldiers and so forth. So you, um, you wonder who else got injured, who's dead and so forth. And then you start to wonder, are you going to make it through this? Do they keep you separated? Yes. Now, the, the way the ha- ambush happened, they broke down our convoy into three parts. I was part of the last part where the, we got captured. I don't know if the rest of the, the convoy got out. Mm-hmm. We, I didn't find that out until the day we were rescued and we got to, um, to Doha and they broke down to us exactly who died and who made it out. So part of that, we didn't know for all of our captivity. We knew about Lynch. We knew about Lori, but we didn't know if they had survived or died or whatsoever, especially Jessica. We, I knew that she had been uh, injured and taken to the hospital in a Nazaria. I didn't know if she had survived what happened. And I thought Lori was dead. Wow. So when they take, where do they bring you and put you in? They, um, they actually took us to Baghdad. And, you know, unfortunately with the stuff that's recently happened in the Medi- Middle East, a lot of that stuff brought up some really mm. intense memories because a lot of the videos where they would take the cat, the hostages out and show them off. Mm. They did the exact same thing to us. Wow. They really? did the exact same thing. I mean, we we're in a vehicle. They would stop in different cities and show us off. You know, we got spit on, we got slapped and so forth as they took us from a Nazaria to Baghdad. So lately Seeing a lot of those images brought back a whole lot into my head about those days. Sometimes it's good because it's nice to realize where you are right now and how well you're doing. But it also brings up stuff like, oh, my gosh, I had forgotten about that particular incident or, you know, stuff like that. And it makes it very intense. When it's happening, are you trying to just reconcile like, oh, it's going to take a while. Am I going to live or am I going to die? How do I survive? Like, how are you, what's your survival, I guess, tactics uh, between the years and the early point of that? You just hope, you know, I mean, there's always a time, oh, this is it. I'm going to die. And then you're like, nope, nope. You, I mean, within a minute, you know, you go back and forth and talking to yourself right. and you're within a minute, you're like, no, this is it. I'm going to die. And then you're like, nope, nope, nope. I made it this far. There's a reason, you know, and you, and you just hold on as best as you can. And that's all you can do. I had no control. Over anything. I had no control whether I went to the bathroom, where, you know, whether you ate, whether you slept, you know, and stuff like that. No control. All you can do is hope, pray. I mean, if you have a sense of uh, 
faith or anything like that and hold on. You know, I remember, um, I tell this story all the time. When I was younger, back in the day, Kearney won't remember this because he's too young. <laughs> they used to have TV movies, movie of the weeks and right. stuff like that. You know, now they have Netflix and all. It was TV and movie week. And there was a, a one called Shogun. It was a mini series and stuff like that. Part of Shogun, there was a point where a guy like literally got so afraid he had a heart attack and dropped dead. I remember asking my mom, oh my God, what happened, mom? She goes, he had a heart attack. He got so scared. As life goes on, things happen and everything. You watch the Lifetime movies and these dramatic things happen to these women. And I'm like, that's not me. If it came up to me, I'd have a heart attack and die, just like the dude in Shogun. So here I am in the ambush. I'm waiting to have my heart attack and die because I'm terrified. But the heart attack doesn't come. So it's kind of realization. I got to live through this. I'm going to have to, you know, go day by day, minute by minute. And that's the realization. And it also teaches you, you don't know how strong you are until you have to be. I sure thought I was going, I was going ready for my heart attack. I didn't think I was tough enough, but here I am. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40 plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? 
we're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. So when they brought you, I don't know where they brought you, they bring you to one place and keep you there for 22 days. They move you around. They moved us around. Um, Baghdad, we were taken to Baghdad. We were interrogated. Um, Then we were put into a cell. We were in a prison for a couple of days. And we got moved seven times. Wow. Every time the U.S. got close, and we can hear it, we can hear the bombings, we can hear them getting gunfire and stuff like that, we were moved as, as the U.S. got close. Kearney and them found us in a house. It was somebody's home. Wow. Did you know, like, were you blindfolded the whole time, or did you, were you aware, like, okay, I'm in this now, they're moving us here, they're moving us here. Like, how aware were you? What was happening? They blindfolded us when they moved us. Right. We couldn't see a thing. Um, lots of times they, they moved us at night. We didn't know at the time. We found out later they were moving us in a Red Crescent van. There was a couple of times there were firefights going on, and they're moving us in the middle of it and things like that. How many other people it, were you with, and are you are you in a room? Or are you? They they kept me separate until the last two places. Um, we were all separate in the beginning. I think it was like the third or fourth place where they started to put the men together, and then I stayed by myself until the last two houses and then they put me with the guys and it was six guys and myself. Now, Courtney, I want to bring you in here, right? Yeah. So in the days leading up and, you know, Shoshana said she's in a house. Tell us what you're told. Tell us how you guys are starting to form this mission to go rescue Shoshana and the others. So to backtrack a little, actually, um, she mentioned uh, Nazaria and, my memory serves me correct. We, uh, our battalion got ambushed in Nazaria. I think they, they had dubbed that ambush alley shortly after we had gone through there. Uh, you know, so it, it was, it was kind of a known area. Um, and I want to say we had gone through there prior to, uh, Shoshana and her unit moving through there. So it was kind of like a known hot area to go through. So yeah, that, that was, uh, I, I remember that. I remember that night pretty pretty vividly you know it was one of those things where we were rolling through you know back going back to uh nazaria we were rolling through and then it just seemed like up to the front of the convoy all hell broke loose and it just trickled all the way down and it was like whoa what's going on here and i think that was like our first actual real engagement you know none none of like the pop shots or anything like that it was actual real engagement with guys who wanted to fight back so yeah no i remember i remember nazaria i remember rolling through there but uh so back to, you know, we were, the, the whole goal for us, I guess, was just get to Baghdad. You know, I remember, you know, talking with the guys and, hey, you know, we got to get to Baghdad. Once we get to Baghdad, this war is over and all this stuff. And we were making really good progress going up there, uh, moving north. I remember we had stopped kind of on the outskirts. And I want to say we we formed Task Force Tripoli. Task Force Tripoli was like formed like, hey, Forget about Baghdad. We want you guys past Baghdad. Let's go up to uh, Saddam's hometown in Tikrit. Like, let's get up there and, like, let's show them we're up here. We're, we're going to fight our way all the way through. I remember hearing some talk, hey, if we take any, any you know, shots in Baghdad, we just want to race straight through there. We want to get to Tikrit, where that, that was supposed to be the, the, 
like the big fight was supposed to be in Tikrit because he was, you know, Saddam was supposed to have his, uh, I think it was like the revolution, the revolution guard or something like that. Like that was going to be their last stand. Like the big fight was going to be in Tikrit. So it was like, Hey, let's get task force Tripoli up there as fast as we can. And, uh, so, you know, we kind of just pushed straight through Baghdad and I want to say like the night prior. So there's all these rumors going around too. Like even, you know, I've done, you know, I went to Iraq another time after that and Afghanistan uh, after that. And there's always rumors that fly about, you know, and one of the rumors was that I think it was like the army's third infantry division was going to come relieve us in place. Like once we get up there, we're going to, you know, once we get to Tikrit, we'll fight, we'll do our thing. The army's third ID is going to come relieve us and we're going home, you know? So it's like the rumors are spreading and all that stuff. So we, uh, we got outside of the city where, where the, uh, that, that rescue had gone down. And just prior to moving in, a friend of ours, Elliot Ruiz, he had got injured. You know, he, he got injured. I think it was like a few days prior to that. And so we move into, I forget the name of the city. Do you remember the, the name of the city, Shoshana? Samara. Samara. Thank you. Yeah. So we, we, we moved, uh, we moved into Samara that night and, um, I think it was second platoon or something like that. They had taken some, you know, they taken some shots. They had some action going on over by the area that they were tasked to secure. My platoon, we had a bridge. It was, it was kind of quiet that night. So the following morning, uh, you know, we're told, hey, stop every like high profile car that's coming through because that's going to be the, um, those are like supposedly like Saddam's guys, you know, like if you see any high, like, you know, nice looking luxurious cars, stop them. You know, we got guys that need to talk to them. So we're just doing that. It was kind of boring for us that, that morning, I remember. And then, then, then we get told, hey, battalion commander wants to talk to you guys. So it, we're like, hey, the army's third ID is here. We're going to be going home soon. You know, and, uh, battalion commander came out and he's like, Hey, look, we got a mission for you guys. You know, kind of in a nutshell, was, Hey, we got a mission. There's seven Americans in this town and we're going to go get them. You know, and it was like, Whoa. So the army's third ID is not here, you know? So yeah, that's kind of how it got, got briefed down to us. And, uh, I remember hearing terms during that, that whole, you know, push up the Baghdad and stuff. It was like, Hey, you guys, your weapons free, you know, not out there just lawless, you know, shooting and stuff like that, but military age men that, that pose a threat. And that was the first time that I heard, Hey, you guys are going to be weapons tight on this one, you know? So like, don't shoot unless you guys are getting shot at. And it was like, yeah. So I was kind of like, Oh wow. And then, Hey, by the way, Russell, you're the point man, you know? And I'm like, all right, you know, this is, this is going to be great. You know? So, uh, so yeah, that was like kind of leading up to it. Um, How, How many, how many other Marines are you with leading this rescue? So it was our platoon. There would have been, uh, we were light on that, uh, that deployment. We were real light. So we probably had on the ground, maybe 10 guys, maybe 10 guys wow. on the ground, but we That's had, it. uh, wow. Yeah. Then that, that was like, you know, we, we had, we plussed up a little for that. I remember our, uh, our company first sergeant came out with us, you know, maybe one or two other people, but actually guys that I was with the whole time, there was probably like 10 of us, you know, we had vehicles in support. Don't get me wrong. You know, we had our vehicles that brought us there. The outer cordon was set with the you know, platoon of vehicles. The inner cordon was set with uh, another platoon of vehicles. But the the actual rescue force on the ground was uh, was kind of light. And wh- how did you know where to go? Where she was? You had, when when did that information? That morning, somebody. That morning. You know, that morning. Yeah, that morning, somebody had came up. We didn't know they were there. Wow. I remember. I remember hearing that 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 you know some uh, some soldiers had got captured. We heard that. You know, we heard that like, Hey, some soldiers got captured guys like, you know, stick together type deal, you know, don't get separated, you know, this, that, and the other. It's like, all right. So we had known that I knew that, um, Jessica Lynch had got rescued as well. Like we had heard that the seals had gone in and rescued Jessica Lynch. So yeah, that morning 
I think somebody had walked up to like first or second platoon. One of the guys like was like, Hey, handed them a piece of paper, basically. Um, it kind of like the, how it was told to us after was like that the people who had them captive, but like their people who were holding them got so scared because we were like task force Tripoli was doing what we were supposed to do and moving so fast that they were like, Whoa, like we don't want them anymore type deal. Wow. So yeah, that's how it was told to us after is like, you know, they basically, they got scared. They're like, you know, we weren't supposed to be there that quick. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40 plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so now Shoshana, I'm going to go back to you here. Okay, we're going to get to this. So it, it's the day of, do you think something's different? Do you Are you starting to feel that, man, that there could be um, hope inside here? It was a little different because um, they used to keep us in a room where we slept and all that kind of stuff. And they brought us out to like a living room kind of area and they were giving us breakfast. 
you know, which was tea and a little, you know, cake thingamajig like that. And I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> you know. And the night before, I remember definitely the night before, they gave us this big meal, like a virgin hamburger with some rice, and they gave us soda and chocolate. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I thought, oh, hell, this is my last meal. Wow. You know, so wow. I, I definitely was terrified, terrified, terrified. Did you know we were there? Curious if you had heard like that firefight that I think was first or second platoon had gotten into. No, no, I don't remember. And that was kind of the scary stuff because before we were hearing firefights, we were hearing, you know, gunfire and stuff. Once you move to a house and you don't hear none of that action, then how are you Mm going to get found? They can't come and look through every house in Iraq. So once you start putting us in houses, I really started to get scared. I was like, They can't go through everybody's house. How are they going to find us? You know, and then, you know, then the last meal comes into play and I'm like, oh shit, it's over. Well, it was over. You know, them guys came busting down the door. I mean, you hear boom. And then you're get down, get down. So so where are you when this is going? When you, I was in the little dining room. No, we're all in the little dining room or living room area. You know, everything's, you know, you sit on the floor and stuff like that and everything. What kind of condition are you? Are you injured? Are you, are they done anything? I I, I, I was shot in both legs during the ambush. Oh my God. But you know, I was doing okay. Uh, Okay. Me, I get up and I'm like, Oh, they don't mean me. I'm American. (laughs) So I'm standing there and I, it was, uh, Gordon Miller. He was the LT, came up and like pushed me to the ground. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was, you know, basically they get everybody on the ground. Back up, back up. Are you blindfolded or you're not blindfolded? I'm not blindfolded. Okay. They were giving us so, breakfast. So do you hear like boom, boom, boom? Do you hear anything outside? Do you hear them creeping? Do you have any idea or are you just shocked when this door kicks open? Or I think you also said there was a couple, you heard a couple no. booms. I think the last time we. I heard a, I heard two big booms in the door coming down. Right. Okay were coming open. I was like, oh, crap, what the hell? And then you hear clear English. They're talking about get down, get down, and it's clear English. It's not accented or anything. So you're like, I'm going home. How quickly does that trigger with you? Like, this is it. I'm getting rescued. I I mean, by the time get down, get down, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Americans. I'm going home. I'm going home. Bring me inside your mind right there when you realize I'm not going to be left here. I am getting rescued. I, it's just joy. Joy. I mean, it's hard to explain or put that into words the way they came in. I mean, it's like a movie. That's what I, in my head, it's like a movie. You know, you see these guys coming in and breaking down the door and literally pulling you out and rescuing you. This is not something, I mean, none of it was ever anything I would ever thought I'd ever experience, but it's, it's still, Something I prayed for and hoped for, but then to have it really happening is surreal. Surreal. And you know, I, I say this, there was a 20th anniversary in Las Vegas. I was hoping to see Kearney there and he wasn't there. And I was able to tell most, a lot of them, I said, in my mind, y'all are all six feet tall. Your shoulders are so broad. You had to turn sideways to get in the room because you are heroes. Y- you know, we see this stuff in TV and movies, and we see these make-believe, but I got to experience it in real life. You know, I think America sees our men and women in uniform as abstract, the sacrifices they make and what they do for us. I get to see it and experience it 
face to face, you know, in this moment. I saw these men come in to pull me out at the risk of their own lives. I experienced that. So when people talk about, oh, you know, um, I appreciate, you know, the soldiers and Marines. I was like, you have no idea. You have no concept. As a soldier that went out and did, and then you have no concept of what they're really willing to do for you. I understand because they got that intel. General, well, he was Colonel Clarity at the time, sent those men in and it could have all went to hell. It could have all went to hell, but they did it. And here I am. Okay. And I have to see my daughter grow grow up, and Incredible. she's a pain in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my I see my niece and a niece that I wouldn't have got to meet because my sister was pregnant. I have two nephews that I would have never got to meet if they weren't willing to do this for me. You know, so um, it's humbling. It's very humbling of what you know somebody's willing to do for you. So this is the third time you've met Kearney. When you met him that day, what was yeah. Kearney doing? And then, Kearney, I want you to piggyback off it and tell us again, pick it up from your point of view, I, what happened right before that. Weren't you the one that kicked down the door? Yeah, no, that was me. And uh, I, I always tell the story. It's like, uh, you know, you, you watch on TV and you just watch somebody walk up and kick a door and it just flies open. So that was the first door that I ever really kicked and wow. it's not, it's not like the movie. So the first two bangs she heard, that was my failed attempts at trying to get that door open. No the way. third one is when it actually came open. Yeah. We didn't have any breaching equipment at the time. So I, I was the breacher for the door. Oh my God. So that, okay. Wait, wait. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so you talk about stress and pressure. I can't imagine what you must be thinking with those first two kicks. Cause now the element of surprise is gone and those first two kicks aren't successful. The element of surprise for us had was gone from the beginning. Oh. Uh, like I said, somebody had walked up and handed, uh, handed one of the guys on, you know, that was on guard, one of the, uh, like a, you know, a letter or something like that with a, a makeshift map that was drawn up with, I think they were staying in uh, house number 13, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like the way it's written in Arabic, it looks different. So we, uh, it almost looks like a seven, then like a squiggly seven, then a one or something like that. So when we found out what we were going to do, we go in and we're trying to, you know, the the vehicle commanders, the guys driving, they're trying to get, you know, navigate off of that map that we're given. And they're like, all right, cool. It should be right up there. That's the house. So we're in this town, you know, the city Samara. And uh, we go up to this house. It's the wrong house, you know, reading the map. And so we figured out, oh, yeah, it's backwards. You know, they write they write backwards. Oh, you know? my God. Yeah. So we, we went to the wrong house at first. And then... uh and then it was like, all right, hey, so we're on foot now. You know, we had exited the vehicle, went, hit the wrong house, left that house. Really, hey, there's nobody here. All right, so now we're on foot and we're just trying to like, I think we were like a few blocks away. So we had to move down a few blocks. But, uh, you know, everybody knows we're there. Like, there's no element of surprise. And I remember telling the story years ago. Um, it was the only thing I could really compare it to is you start seeing people come up on rooftops. Like the rooftops are just flooded with people. People are coming out. And it just reminded me, you know, I had seen, you know, my senior year of high school, I think it was, I went and I saw Black Hawk down. And that was the only thing I can compare it to was like, everybody's on these rooftops. It's like, reminds me of like that movie Black Hawk, you know, Black Hawk down. It's a setup where we're going to get ambushed, you know, because we knew that there was Americans that were still, you know, being held POW, but we didn't know where, you know. So in 
my mind, I'm like, this is an ambush. And then running, you know, a few blocks down was somehow we get to that right house. And, uh, you know, I remember being the point man going up to that door and I remember that house. It was kind of weird. Like there was actually two front doors. So it was almost looked like a duplex if I remember correctly, but you know, their style of house. So I went up to the door on the right, just kind of, you know, running up to that door. I get on the door, two kicks. It doesn't open third kick. It finally opens. I think there was like a, the door that was on the left was open and it connected to that house. So as I'm coming up, there was a hallway. I remember as I was coming up the hallway, there's a door to my left and I looked to the left and I saw somebody in there with a, with a gun, you know, a rifle, but it was one of our guys. So like, I went to turn real quick and, you know, the whole time we're, you know, yelling to everybody, get down, get down. And I went to turn to tell that guy to get down, but he was with me. He just found that open door, you know? Wow. So I remember, you know, we're going in and there was the first room on the right. They were all in and, you know, we went in and, you know, like she said, telling everybody to get down, get down. And, uh, I remember somebody saying, you know, she had, you know, we, you know, we told everybody to get down, stand up if you're American. Um, and people started standing up. And I remember somebody said to Shoshana, like, you know, get down. And I was like, no, she's an American, you know, um, everybody else was, you know, lack, lack of better terms, everybody else was Caucasian. She didn't look Arabic. She looked like people that I know, you know, wow. so she didn't look Arabic. And I knew I'm like, she's I'm like, she's an American, you know, and, wow. uh, yeah, it was, you know, I tell the story, you know, looking back after, you know, on it is, I think the people there were so scared. It's like, we could have went in there with MRE spoons and you know got them out of there. You're like, they, you know, the people no, no, there no, were so scared. Don't discount what you've done, man. This <laughs> is, no, no, no. I know, right? Do not discount what you've done, man. This, this is, again, we see the movies and, and superheroes. This is superhero stuff. And so don't discount it. And that's what a lot of us tend to do. We tend to say, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, but it wasn't this. No, this was the greatest moment you could have in the biggest moment of your, your life and you stepping up. So don't right. discount it yeah. at all. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah it was right? Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so, all right. So now you see Sushan and them. Um, so you two, I guess this is your third meeting since, or second meeting after that. So Sushana, yeah. before we kind of get into how you guys get out, when you see Kearney here, like what kind of emotions is it? To bring for you. It's surreal. It's surreal. Um, first of all, I, I always comment. I was like, oh, he's a grown man now <laughs> because I remember the 18 year old. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was 18, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I remember thinking at the time because, you know, at that time, everybody was dusty, dirty. They looked a little older. Kearney went back to Doha with us. Uh, my security blanket. I had a grip on that boy's arm so tight, you know, because it, it, it made me feel safe. I was okay. Um, and then he went and cleaned up and everything. And then I saw this baby face. I was like, oh my God, this little boy. I was 30. I had 12 years on him. I, I saw this baby and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think that's when somebody asked how old I was. I was like, I'm 18. And I was with Castro. Castro, I think was 21, you know, and I'm like, what? You're 18? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was, yeah. it was, it was like, Oh my God. How long did you been in by that point? Jeez. Um, I, w- I was so new. I was new. So, uh, I had got to the unit. I got to the unit in, I think January of 2003. We check in wow. and yeah, like so new. Three months. You know okay. Yeah. Like, you know, boot camp. I went to boot camp in June of 2002, graduated boot camp, went to school and then checked in. Uh, so yeah, I had been in the Marine Corps, I think at that time, five months, you know? Okay. 
check in to, uh, to the unit. And I remember, uh, our first, our company first sergeant, he's like the senior enlisted advisor to the company commander, but he, he was, uh, he was a gunnery sergeant was his rank. Gunnery Sergeant Peterson, there's like seven of us checking in and he's like, he's like, you guys better learn your job and learn it quick. Cause we're going to war. And I remember like, Oh yeah, like eventually we'll go to war like someday. And it was probably 10 days later, I'm bringing my bag on ship. You know, we took, we took, uh, we took Navy ships over there. And yeah, so that's, that's how long I had been in. Okay. So you, you go in, you grab Shoshana and Shoshana grabs you. And, and there's a famous picture of you, you know, you guys running out away from there. Tell me the process, both of you. Where do you go from there? Where do you, people just think, oh, okay, you get clean. And then, yeah, in the movie, we see you next and, you know, somebody's getting a medal and that's it. Tell us the, the journey from that moment on. Oh, oh. That picture, this picture, that's hours later. Yeah. That's hours later. They had to get us because, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you this right now. And I, I've seen General Clarity. I just saw him a couple months ago and stuff like that. I, I still keep in contact with him. He was the, he was their battalion commander. They said, and some of the Hewitt guys, some of the Intel guys got, got some of that information, took it to him and said, you know, this is what we got. And they said that he said, okay, let me go and call up. They said five minutes later, that man came back and said, we're going to do it. There's no way in hell he got permission in five minutes. Wow. No way in hell. So when they rescued us, they had to wait to call in air to pick us up. So they had to secure an area, the area they had, they had to secure it and they had to guard us. Until the, until the aircraft came and picked us up. Oh my so it wasn't God. just the rescue. They had to, once that happened, they still had to keep us secure until we got picked up to take him back. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.